Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. I don't even know how to begin to introduce today's guest. I could list her accomplishments and her accolades, some of her credits, but then we wouldn't have time for the interview. Please welcome Katie Seagal. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am uh, I'm really good, actually. Really good. I had to take one second, but because I like to answer the question honestly. Yes, I'm good. I'm so glad to hear that. I know. It was a, you and I were chatting before we started saying, "Okay, we're upright. This is good. It's all That's right. It's it's <laughs> we're we're all working and, you know. Right. And so, I love the whole Zoom thing. I'm very I'm I'm attached to Zoom. I am all about Zoom. Now when you go to do things, you're like, "Can't we do it all over Zoom?" I know. Me too. Yeah. Like so, I'm, I have my pajamas on. Well, I have sweats on the bottom half. Okay, great. I actually put on a shirt for you. (laughs) I did for you as well. Thank you. Although the numbers would probably be higher, well, if you didn't, but there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, so much to, to talk to you about. And I guess the first question, and probably because we were all there, and a part of my sort of end of my childhood was spent over on the Fox lot. Um. Married with children, Tracy Ullman, my mom's late night show, kind of were the launch of the network, which was a lot of pressure. How did you even end up on Married? Uh, What happened was I had worked as a musician all my life and I got discovered by CBS doing this rock opera thing. They asked me to read for a sitcom which I thought it was kind of, they were kidding. And I went in and I got the job. It was with Mary Tyler Moore. It was on for 13 episodes and then it went away. And I thought, well, now I'm in this arena. So I'll, I'll try. And then uh, this script came into my agents and it was on a network that wasn't a network yet. And it was this very irreverent comedy. And um, I thought, yeah, I'd probably be good for this because years ago I had been told I would never work in television. I had been told because my father was in television. So he sent me on casting, whatever. And they said, oh, no, no, you're too whatever. You're not TV type. So I figured, all right, well, this script is not TV type. So I went in, I got the job. Um, It's interesting because at the time, you know, it took about three years for us to even realize that things were like, this was actually a real thing because you had to have rabbit ears on your TV to get Fox. Oh, I remember remember and, and getting yelled at for the ratings and my mother kept saying how how can we have ratings when no one can find us no nobody could find you and then all all I remember is that when they first aired us they aired us like three times in a row like and then we were the only thing on that and Tracy and your mom and um whatever it was I think it was not 21 Jump Street even I don't know what it was but yes it was really wild we had no idea anybody was watching it and um but I thought it was hysterically funny when I first got it. I thought, oh, yeah, this is really out there. So that's kind of how that happened. Was How much of Peg was on the page and how much did you say, oh, I can I can elevate this. I can really have the fun of going over the top. Peg was written more like Roseanne. She was supposed to be a couch potato who laid around and didn't do anything and complained a lot and whined a lot. And I thought. I don't want to, I'm too vain. I don't want to do that. So even when I went to the audition, I dolled up. I like wore like a house dress that was really sexy and glasses and my hair up. And 
and they liked it. So, so it was kind of a group effort, but I definitely brought a different spin to, I wanted to sex her up. I did not, I figured. Well, you did that. Yeah. And I sort of (laughs) thought, you know, these people fight all the time. So there has to be something going on. So I imagined there was some hotness in the bedroom when they eventually got to it. So um, that was kind of my, my take on her. Did yeah. you, did you realize at the first table read that there was something we all knew something different but something special because that the chemistry is was so undeniable and you've been doing this long enough obviously to know that doesn't always happen no and it the first two kids were not Christina and David really I don't know many people know that no we shot the pilot with these other two kids. Eddie and I had instant chemistry. I mean, I knew it from the minute we auditioned together and there were several other choices, but I knew it was, I mean, Ed and I were just together. And so when Christina and David finally were cast after the pilot, then I, then I thought, oh yeah, this, this is something going on. Now you have to also know that I, I, I had no idea what was really going on. (laughs) I I, I still sort of kept my, my, my night gig. I kept recording and making bands and doing all that stuff because I just thought, oh, any day this will go away. I mean, I had no real sense that this could actually catch on for me and for the show. It's crazy to look at it now. And even then it was very edgy. Yeah. Very edgy. And you watch it now and it doesn't feel so edgy, but could, and I think about this with a lot of things, could never make that show today. Oh, no. No, you couldn't. And, you know, the working title of Married with, with Children was called This Is Not the Cosby Show. That was the working title. So at the time, it was extremely irreverent. And why do you think it couldn't be made today? I just because think it, it wasn't irreverent enough? Uh, no, because of all the PC culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. That thing. Oh, yeah. That thing. <laughs> that thing. That's right. Well, you know, they used to ask me all these questions all the time about my political views, uh, you know, as an actor on like how sexist it was and how blah, blah, blah. And I would just say to them, look, I'm doing a job. This is not my point of view. And this is a job. Well, and also as my mother used to say, funny is funny. Yeah. Funny is funny. And, you know, it may not be funny to everyone and just change the channel if you don't like that funny. And, you know, they would kind of make this like, like we were making some political statement. I was like, no, we're just, we're just being funny actors doing what's in front of us to do. So isn't it was it, interesting. Isn't it amazing that your entire life is judged through such a different lens now? And the fact oh. that you just brought that people ask you and they're like, do you, you know, what did you feel? Did you feel it was sexist? You're like, no, I was having a good time and picking up a paycheck. Yeah. A hundred percent. And also it had you know, my political beliefs were different than what I was portraying, but it wasn't like it, you know, I'm just not about censorship. I believe there's room for everything. And truly, if your children are watching something you don't think they should watch, turn the TV off, but don't take the show off. I agree 100%. You know, it's like freedom of speech stuff. So um, There's a great story where Snoop Dogg had been hired to perform at a charity event, you know, or whatever it was. They were outraged and crazy after his set. And his answer was, you hire Snoop Dogg, you get Snoop Dogg. 100%. You know, it's like Dave Chappelle. I mean, I, you know, I adore Dave Chappelle. Oh, me too. You know, if you don't like Dave Chappelle, 
turn off the TV. Yeah, change the channel. No one's yeah. forcing you to watch. So you kind of did a pivot after and ended up on Eight Simple Rules, which was vastly different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was one of those situations too, which I'm sure as an actor, you know this. After I did Married, I was kind of, you know, forgive the pun, pegged as that character. It was really the blessing and the curse of being on a show for 11 years. So I would have to go in to auditions and prove that I wasn't, that I didn't have big red hair and high heels on all the time. So yeah, Eight Simple Rules was definitely a pivot. John Ritter was a big help in helping me to make that pivot. I loved him so much. And um, so, yeah, that was a definitely more, I guess, a realistic mom. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Something Um, like that. John Ritter was the best. The best. Such a lovely human. Yeah, I absolutely adored him. And I mean, I'll never forget when I went, I had to go network auditions. I've been on television for a million years. And I walked in and John was just like, you're the one. And he completely supported me through the whole process. He was absolutely great. Which is, by the way, and people don't realize, it's hilarious that you had to go 11 years on one of the biggest sitcoms in the country and you still have to go to network auditions. And I don't think people know it's like you go to your regular audition and callbacks. And then if you're lucky, you go to network. Obviously, you immediately went to network. But that's crazy to me. Crazy. Well, it was even crazier when I tried to be dramatic. You know, the first dramatic role I really had after was on Lost. And that was a guest star. And I had to go two or three times to meet them. So they knew that, A, I could do a dramatic role. And that I wasn't Peg Bundy. I mean, it was wild. I mean, I was, it was worth it because eventually I got to just open up the palette. But yeah, it was... Um, it was definitely a stretch. People are very sort of small-minded, you know. But, you know, you come from an entertainment family. Mm-hmm. I love that Norman Lear is your godfather. Mm-hmm. Your mom was in the business, and I did read that she was of Amish descent. So, wow, her family had to be a little, you know, that, that's a turn of events. Um, it was. And yet, here you are, so successful, and they make you audition for a guest role. Yeah, that was then. Now I'm luckily beyond, you know, even though for films, movies, yeah, I would still have to put myself on tape. Television now is pretty much like, okay, okay, we know you can do different things. I mean, we, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just an industry thing and then you have to, and I don't want to get political, obviously, but you always have to wonder, do men have to do that? I think some do. I think people now, people now are much more, not selective, but I I mean, this is not even what we're here to talk about, but the fact that with the rise of cable and streaming and this, you now, the pool is bigger because you have all the movie stars realizing that TV is good work. Yeah, absolutely. And the best schedule. And the best schedule. And um, yeah, I don't know if men at that particular time, I would imagine Ed O'Neill just got offers after married. I don't know. I know he didn't have to read for modern family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it probably was a little bit different then. Um, plus, but I did play a very, um, distinct character. So I do understand I did, you know, and here's my overall thing about it. Sometimes I just don't mind auditioning because you want to know that you're wanted. You want to know that the creator, since I live with somebody who creates stuff, 
they're behind you. They're like, oh yeah, okay, you feel that part. So, you know, as much as I don't love auditioning, I get it. And so at the time, you know, this whole game is about humility, Melissa. Oh yeah, 100%. You do know, you know, you have to be teachable, open and humble to, to continue. And so it's part of it, it's okay. As my mother used to wisely say, you always have to remember that you're most likely not someone's first choice. Uh-huh. 100, 150%. Yeah. yeah. By the time the script gets to you, someone else has turned it down. Yeah. And that's okay. That's fine. And by yeah. the way, but she's like, never forget that. Right. That's good advice. Very, I bet you got a lot of good advice. Mm-hmm. Also. Yes. Some. Yeah. Your Some. mom was, you know, icon I, I, as a person. Well, amazing. Clearly you have not read my new book. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, did you talk about growing up with the icon? No, it's, it's, it's a comedy book called Lies My Mother Told Me. And, oh, that's funny. And I took it. It was very liberating that I could write in her voice and be edgy right. and make up these insane stories. And people keep saying to me, are these true? And I'm like, no, they're not true. She actually did know the real story of the first Thanksgiving. She did not think Plymouth Rock was a lesbian bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sons of Anarchy. I mean, you've really played the gamut of different types of moms. Yeah, I definitely have. Yes. And that was uh, that was such a great uh interesting fun mom to play that was definitely because she was like the mom of the whole biker bunch right wasn't her kid it was like the whole the whole place that's the women in that world so in torn hearts let's talk about the latest endeavor it's a horror movie set in the music industry yes and i yes do you want me to talk now no i i i I was just gonna say how happy were you that you got to combine acting and music oh well for, or, or to do a horror movie i'd never done one really so, yeah and so i when blumhouse approached me i was just like yeah absolutely and then i got to play i mean and she wasn't really a mother so that's kind of cool she was more like she was you know it's gray gardens meets you know nashville i mean it's like you know they said to me she's a cross between lucinda williams and reba mcintyre so <laughs> i was thrilled to play that and um yeah it was definitely it was so fun it was really fun which is your first love and I know it's hard to pick between music and acting because your the music seems to be what sustains you well I still play music yes you do I've actually seen you perform so there you go I go out and play and I I think you know I've been playing music since I was 10 my mother taught me how to play the folk guitar and it was also my only social uh, ability. I mean, I was so anxious and weird as a kid, but like I even brought my guitar to Girl Scouts, you know, and I would sit there and, you know, cause I couldn't talk to anybody. I was so weirded out. So I'd play my guitar. So music was a real um, definition of who I thought I was. And so I, I'm totally, I love being an actor now. I've really learned a lot about being an actor, but I would have to say music, is just such a soulful piece. And so I, um, you know, my kids play music, everybody kind of, you know, we have a big hootenanny over here, you know, everybody plays music in my life. So 
it's a very grounding thing. It's like anybody that I talk to that also has music in their life, I'm always like, don't let it go. It is the best, most healing, most vibey thing to do. So I love it. You just said you were a weird kid. Why do you think that is? But, and I, I ask from personal experience, um, why do we think that most kids who are brought up, and I hate the word showbiz, but yep. showbiz environment, we're all kind of quirky. Yeah, I was definitely quirky. I think I just had a lot of anxiety as a kid. And I don't know if that's from growing up. I, I'm sure it is because as you know, like I grew up in an environment where one day he was working and then he wasn't working and then we were moving. I mean, I probably moved eight times before I got to, I was 12. Wow. So I was always kind of a new kid. So yeah, I think that I'd never thought about it that way, but I'm sure it's that gypsy life that my kids have now experienced because I've moved a gajillion times. You know, you're working, you're not working. So I would imagine that that makes you, I would call it social anxiety. That's when I say weird kid, I just had a lot of social anxiety. Oh my God. I have terrible social anxiety. Yeah. And, and, and that may be, you know, a lot of performers I really feel do, and then they feel more comfortable once they're performing. Yeah. But put them at a party and they're like, you know, I mean me and I don't, I don't drink or drug. I don't do anything. So I'm like at a party. And if I feel anxious, I just usually have to leave, (laughs) but I'm better. I'm better as I, as I get older, I'm better. I'm better with all that stuff. But as a kid, yeah, it was, maybe it was because I moved around so much. Well, first of all, life on the road. Yeah, you had it. Never pass up craft services because you don't know if you're actually going to get another meal that day and not intentionally. I mean, you should see what I can do with this, with, with a bucket of red vines. It's pretty spectacular. (laughs) Um, But also I think, I mean, at least for me, and obviously I wasn't planning on talking about this, but you bring up such an interesting point. I always feel like there's an expectation of when you go to a social event of being, of performing, of being who they want you to be and fear of disappointment when you're just you. A little bit. I, I've, I've kind of made friends with that now. And I think it's because I have spent a lot of time uh, in recovery um, that, that I learned a lot about sort of um, being, being in my own skin. So uh, I don't feel the need to perform. What I've really learned is this is what I do when I get nervous at the social event. I ask people about themselves. You know, I don't want to talk about me. That's exactly what, that's really what I don't want to do. And that's what the anxiety I think is about. You know, it's like, I want to talk about you. And um, it's a great, it's a great tool to be able to have. I do the same thing. Everyone's like, you can talk to anybody. I'm like, actually, I can't. So I default to just asking a million questions. Yeah, it's really, um, it's it's much more interesting. I mean, don't you get bored with yourself? I do. Oh, I'm like, please. I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, please. I'm always like, if people knew how boring I actually was, they would be so disappointed. <laughs> um. Men, you, you just brought it up, mental health, and it's Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm a big mental health and suicide prevention advocate. You have been very outspoken and open about your life. Right. Do, you, do you find people coming up to you and saying, thank you, and you're talking about it, help me? Because my mom used to get that all the time, and I get it too. 
Yeah. I mean, as far back as married to children, because I've had people come, you know, my whole thing is drug and alcohol rehab. And I, I do a lot of volunteer work in that and, you know, recovery saved my life. So I've had people, and I'm very vocal about it. I've had people who come up to me and go like, Oh, I saw you on, on married with children. And, and, and it helped me get through the night. It helped me to not, to not hurt myself. It helped me you know, so I kind of look at what we do as public people as service. I look at it as service, like in those ways, you know, because if it becomes all about like, did I get the job or do you like me or blah, 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 blah. It just, it's, it's enough already. But you know, when you can actually, um, somebody can say something like that to you, it's, it's pretty wonderful. You know, in most jobs I go on, somebody comes up to me and, and we end up having that conversation, whether they're in need of or are, or are affected by or whatever it is, whatever their deal is that, you know, it's great to have something like that to lead with, because I think that, um, you know, it's just so much more important. I mean, it's great to make people laugh. It's great to make people cry. It's great to do what we do, but it's also great to be sort of an example of somebody that, has been through a whole lot of shit oh, and I agree. came out, you know, cause everybody can. I, I look at torn hearts and it, and you know, all your most uh, famous characters, uh, you've always picked very complicated women. Yeah. And talk about mental health. <laughs> <laughs> you pick these, but these women, it's what they're capable of, both good and bad, especially in the in, in torn hearts. Um, what attracts you to the parts you pick? Because they're certainly they're certainly varied. Yeah, they're varied, but they usually would say, well, it's a combination of who offers me a job. Of course. I mean, everybody acts like, oh, you get to just pick and choose. Uh-uh. So it's that. I think I have a formidable presence. That is what I have been told. And and a lot of these women that I play, um, they have that strength and weakness at the same time. Like the woman in um, Torn Hearts is, you know, seriously damaged. I mean, way damaged, living by herself for all these years after being a big star, has a big secret that will be revealed in the movie. And, um, you know, takes on the mentorship of of some up and coming artists and you know they come to her for advice and then it takes just a very dark turn when she's giving them advice because she's really cuckoo is <laughs> <laughs> uh definitely cuckoo so um i don't know why i guess they come to me you know i i think that um there's a similarity in some of the, in the parts I play there's, cause there's, it's a strong, it's a mix of strong and vulnerable. It really is. And so I, you know, I just did a part on my son has a new TV show on Hulu that's going to come out next year. And they cast me to do one episode as his very narcissistic, horrifying mother. <laughs> so, which was really fun. I was going to say, was he like shit typecasting? No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, if saying. anything, we were both nervous because we do not have that relationship, but we had so much fun playing it. And, um, you know, I just kind of get cast in some of those witchy parts. They're wonderful parts, though. Yeah, it's fun. Super fun. So working with your son, how did you, and, you know, people ask, obviously, 
how did he take, I'm going to say, suggestions from, from you? Mom? And how did you take suggestions from him? Because it's a tightrope. He is very intuitive and super smart. And even though he's a young actor, I completely respect what he would say to me. And I've watched him over my life watch me, you know, so I didn't have to say much. And we just kind of, um, we've always, we've played music together over the years. So this was our first, you know, like a real acting job together. And um, no, I thought say I took more advice from him. Really? I would say, yeah, because he's, well, first of all, he's playing a role in a series. So he's, he's more familiar with what he's doing. And, you know, I did my, my stuff around the character that I thought she was. And he, you know, he has a very simple template as an actor, which I think is so great. So um, uh, it was really, really fun. There's it was some, great. There's something hilarious though, to me, that he's walking around like your first day on saying, going, I'd like you to meet my mom. There's oh, just something hilarious about that. It's hilarious, except he doesn't do that, really. A lot of people didn't know I was his mom. He has a different last name. And he's been very, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, and I understand it because I come from this, but right. you want to make your own way. And I'm all about nepotism. I think nepotism is the best. I but, do too. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of, I respected it. You know, he was like, some of the people were like, really, that's your mom? I mean, he did not announce it, that I was coming there and that I was his mom. But that's because, did he say, hi, I'd like you to meet Katie or I'd like you to meet no, no, my mom? Then he would, once I was there, he'd go, yeah, this is my mom. You know, but, <laughs> but a lot of the crew didn't know, a lot of, you know, some, most of the actors kind of knew, but, you know, he, um, you know, we played it cool. So, and I just followed his lead. What I've learned about parenting is at this point, they're in their 20s. And um, they have their own big opinions and their own, they're, you know, I follow their lead mostly. You're a much better parent than me who is still imposes my, my opinion, whether it's wanted or not. Here's the trick. I always ask, I say, I have an opinion about that. Would you like to hear it? And then if they say no, I, I'm quiet. I, I really have to like, mm. but if they say yes, cause you know, we're moms, we give good advice. So but I ask if they'd like to hear it first. My, it to work. my mom used to always say to me when I was a teenager, if you were talking to your daughter, what would, what would, what advice would you give her? Oh, that's great. That was like full Jedi mind trick. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. With my that's son, I, I just give the advice whether he wants it or not, but I've learned to say, I can't tell you what to do, but in my experience. Right. That's super good too. Really good. Yeah. And then I can, yeah, they don't like it when you tell them what to do. They no. don't like it. Even though you, you're like, Hey, I've been there. I know the deal. You know, they don't, they don't want to know. I, yesterday I could hear his eyes rolling over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear, I'm like, knock it off. I know you're rolling your eyes. <sighs> Isn't it? Boys are so different than girls. Oh, so different. And I, cause I have two girls and one boy. And I mean, I find, I mean, it really helped me in my dating life to have a son because he's simpler. And I don't mean that as like, <laughs> a, a, you know, 
he doesn't have all the angles like no means no you know let's talk about a few options whereas my daughters are like lawyers i mean they just you know how we are yeah we're, we're multitaskers we're multi this we're we got every angle you know women are more um able to do that well the fact that we can hold more than one thought in our brain at a time already gives us an advantage absolutely absolutely if you could go back and revisit for any reason one role either because it was so much fun or because you would do it differently or from where you are in your life now different layers you could bring to it what part would that be hmm uh well you know Gemma comes to mind, even though I'm not sure what I would do differently, because I, you know, I thought the writing was, thanks to my husband, was so good on it. Oh, it was I, spectacular. Yeah, that I don't know what I would do differently. I did love playing her. I was sort of sad that she died because I thought oh, she could have come back some way. So I was sad when she went away, even though it made sense for the character. Um really you know I probably would do a little bit different to everything because I'm just still learning how to do this I mean I do feel like you know I didn't go to school for this so I have learned on the job and I've learned you know with the help of coaches I mean I really then took a, an approach to it once I once I saw that it was real it was like oh, I better figure out what the fuck I'm doing so I do have a certain um I love to learn about stuff. So I would say almost every role I would, I would do a little differently now because I have just a little more confidence, I suppose. And, you know, I just know I, I'm just still learning about stuff. Is that a answer? I that's, think that's, a, an answer. that's a fantastic answer. That's okay, a, good. that's a, like a real answer because other, I would have been like, well, I'd like to play Bobby again, you know, whatever it is. That's like a right. thought, like, wow, that's like a really thought out answer. Very impressed. Um, Futurama season 11. Oh. First of all, one, did you ever think you would be like the Comic-Con sex symbol that you have become? And isn't it great doing voiceover work? Cause you don't have to put on hair and makeup. Oh, it's the best. And you know, it's just the show that will never go away. And now see, like talk about learning. Yesterday I did an episode of Futurama and it was just a little bit of technique with my headphones. And I felt so, you know, moving them in a different place. And I, and I just had so much fun doing the work because it just, you know, and I'm sure voice actors that are real voice act, you know, the ones that do it like all the time, they have all kinds of different ways they do stuff. But once again, I got that job, not being a voice actor. I only do my one voice. Every once in a while, they'll ask me to do something else. I get totally intimidated because everybody else in the car, in the cartoon does like four and five voices. I'm like, nah, I can't. But now I'm so excited. We're doing it again because I feel like, oh, I'm feeling more and more comfortable in this world. And so even yesterday, I learned something about my technique with my headphones. I mean, and that was... I came home I said oh my god I just had so much fun doing that job today that was great so um yeah I don't even know if, what your question was but yeah my question I, was I, how I, nice I is it to go to work without having to put on hair and makeup oh yeah yeah that's 100% <laughs> the best absolutely the best well let's hold the zoom situation I mean 
you know, I did some hair and makeup today, but I didn't have to like worry about wardrobe, it just, you know, all this stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've all, we've all learned the beauty of not having to get dressed from the waist down it has gotten some people in trouble, but not us yeah, so far. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely the truth. Uh, <sighs> The movie is coming out May 20th on Epics, Torn Hearts, a horror film set in Nashville in the whole country music scene. People have to see it. Katie Seagal, I am such a fangirl, and I have tried to keep it under control. But I have to tell you, I think you are brilliant and hilarious and a brilliant, dramatic actress. And the women you play are so iconic and I am such a huge fan and people need to download your music and see you performing live. You are just a force of nature. And thank you so much for giving me the time. Oh, thank you for having me. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. A Media Production.